0: Welcome to our first post-college football playoff ranking announcement episode of Fame and Fortune and Everything That Goes With It from the Fans First Sports Network college football feed. My name is Matt Tamineni. I am joined on the other side of the country, getting ready to head out to a Halloween party, our Los Angeles Bureau Chief, Jamie Yurich. Jamie, I know you're not doing the full Halloween costume for tonight, but tell everybody what you did over the weekend.
1: So over the weekend, we went to a Halloween party. The challenge was come up with the best costume you can come up with for under $10, which is a great Halloween prompt um, for future party hosts, college students, et cetera. And our costume, my boyfriend Tyler and I went as Harry and Marv from Home Alone. Um, It was an excellent costume. I crafted a spider. Tyler was covered in chicken feathers. Um, I had an iron painted on my face, like the marking of being hit in the face with an iron. Uh, It was great. Highly recommend that prompt. We had some really fun. There were some really fun costumes.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, All right, well, let's get into it because we are coming to you later than normal because we did want to wait for the actual first college football rankings. We will now have them on Tuesdays every week until the week before the conference playoff matchups, and then we will have it on the Sunday after those, because that will be the actual college football playoff seedings. So we'll kind of switch up our things. The the times are different uh, each week, so I'm not guaranteeing we'll have one, uh, an episode right after that, but we will uh, kind of try to bring you these in as close to real time as humanly possible. Number 25 is Air Force. Number 24 is Tulane. Number 23 is Kansas State. Number 22 is Oklahoma State. Number 21 is Kansas um, any issues about those in the top uh in, in the bottom five of the top twenty five
1: I don't have any issues with those with those especially like no. I think this is inclusion after this weekend is um correct so happy to see them in there
0: yep this is where it gets interesting number twenty is u s c number nineteen is u c l a and then number eighteen is utah that kind of shows to me that like The Pac-12 is just beating the crap out of each other. And I think all of those teams are good teams, not great teams. But I think that they're just kind of beating up on each other is really interesting. Then you've got Tennessee at 17. And then another Pac-12 team in number 16, Oregon State. So um, Pac-12, your neck of the woods, Jamie. uh, Beating each other up and it is taking a toll on them. There will be more Pac-12 teams to come here in a second. But uh, a lot of teams that have kind of like round robin circled each other. And and given each other some losses so far this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch the Pac-12 because it is their last season as a conference as we know it. Um, And so I think there's a lot of energy there. Like we're, we're going out with a bang and they really are. They're they're all pretty evenly matched teams and it's made for some really fun football.
0: Yeah. Um, Number 15 is Notre Dame. Number 14 is LSU. Number 13 is Louisville. Number 12 is Missouri. And number 11 is Penn State. Obviously, for our shared alma mater, Ohio State, two teams in the top 15 that Ohio State has beaten already, Notre Dame and Penn State, that not only serves them well for these rankings, which we will get to, but assuming those two teams can continue to win, obviously, Penn State still has to play Michigan. Um you know, that's good for the resume, which is something that the College Football Playoff Committee obviously takes into account at a very high level. Then getting into the top 10, Ole Miss is number 10. Oklahoma is number nine. Alabama is number eight. Texas is number seven. And let's stop there because Oklahoma has beaten Texas, yet Texas is two spots higher than Oklahoma. I think if you look at the rest of their resumes, Texas is better, but head to head, they both have one loss. Oklahoma is behind despite the fact that they beat Texas. How do you feel about that, at least in these initial rankings, Jamie?
1: Yeah, so it it's interesting. I'm kind of curious if some of the rationale for that is that Oklahoma's loss was three days ago.
0: And to a much a much lower rate ranked team and uh, Texas lost in a in a close game in a rivalry game on a neutral site uh I think yeah. there's a lot to it but it is certainly um it is certainly notable
1: it's definitely eyebrow raising um in that I think Oklahoma fans are gonna be upset and and you know what like I don't know that I necessarily disagree with that order. Um, but I think if Oklahoma was my school and you could argue like we beat that team, I would probably not be happy if that was, you know, Ohio State and Michigan and we had beat them and they were all of a sudden ranked higher than us, I'd be having a field day. So um yeah. I I think I think it's interesting. I am curious how much the recent Loss affected them. The fact that it was literally this past weekend, and the fact that it was Kansas. You know, I mean, Texas held them within a touchdown, so it wasn't. They lost. Texas only lost by four. I, I don't. I, Oklahoma was expected to beat Kansas by a lot, and they were not expected to beat Texas, but they didn't beat them by that much, and we knew it was going to be a close game. So I think that's probably the right call, but it it is interesting.
0: Yeah, according to ESPN's strength of schedule ranking, Texas actually has the number nine strength of schedule so far this season, where Oklahoma is all the way down at 40th. So I'm imagining that that actually plays into uh, account fairly heavily in this discussion.
1: Absolutely. And you know what, as it should, honestly, and we'll get to that in a second because I Yeah. I'm going to you're going to need to remind me that I just said that when we get
0: OK, <laughs> Okay. fair enough. All right. Number six. Here's where things uh, I think these are like really the teams that we have to keep an eye on. And a lot of them will control their own destiny. Number six is Oregon. Number five is Washington. There's where the head to head comes into play. Obviously, Washington still undefeated, but just barely so after the last few weeks. Number four is Florida State. Number three is Michigan. Number two is Georgia. And number one, as I wrote in a column at LandGrantHolyland.com, as I predicted they would be on Monday, Ohio State is number one. So let's stick with the top four. We can get to five and six, those first two teams on the outside from the Pac-12. But, Jamie, I said I wrote a column saying, like just looking at how the college football playoff does things, it was pretty clear to me that Ohio State – should be number one, not because I think that they're actually the best team in the country, but I think based off of resume and that's, that's how the college football playoff committee does things. But I still kind of had in the back of my mind, maybe they're just going to go with Georgia because they're Georgia.
1: Yeah. To be honest, I, I was really shocked. I still feel deep deep in my bones that of this pool first of all nobody is unbeatable like I absolutely think that one if not two of those playoff spots are like still anybody's guess um really an open door I think probably barring something crazy any any four of the teams from texas up so from the seven seed up could theoretically sneak their way in with what these schedules look like coming down the pike um washington has an absolutely brutal schedule oregon has a pretty brutal schedule texas has kansas state this coming weekend you know that that could that's kind of their last really tough tough challenge um but it's a hurdle that they have to get through. And as we know, like why well, kind of said that about Oklahoma last week, like Kansas is kind of their last hurdle and then they lost. So, um, <laughs> well,
0: you, you were clean. right. It was a hurdle. They did not it clear. It
1: Everyone's got to kind of clear their hurdles. OSU and Michigan still have to play. I still believe that Michigan is the best team of this pool, but they haven't played anybody. So they can't have the number one seed when Ohio state has two top 15 wins. Right. And I think Georgia really, like, I don't want to say they haven't played anybody because I do think that Florida was, while they're not ranked, a worthwhile opponent, especially on the road, much like Wisconsin, like, that's a game that really could go either way, even in Florida's worst years. Um, it's just a it's a brutal stadium to play in. So um, I'm going to let that slide. But I think... I I don't know. I was really surprised to see Ohio State in that number one slot.
0: Well, here's let me let me break down some of the numbers uh, that I was looking at in my article and then ESPN in their announcement show went through. So they just kind of looked at Ohio State UGA and Michigan. Michigan currently has the number nine strength of record in the country, which that is a metric that looks at how the average top 25 team would do against your schedule. So it compares the current team and how they've performed, not just in wins and losses, but in in analytics and game control and things like that. Uh, Michigan is number nine. Very good. UGA, number seven. Ohio State, number one. So it's one of those things when you look at Ohio State just with the eye test, they have not been dominant, at least not in the ways that we have been accustomed to them being dominant. They The only two one-score games that they have were on the road against Notre Dame and then Penn State, which it was a one-score final, but they were up by two scores until a what was essentially a garbage-time touchdown. Um, But they have been in control in every other game. Every other game has been by double digits, oftentimes by more than two touchdowns. Um, But then if you just look at strength of schedule, just like the basic... How has your schedule been? How tough has it been in all of the FBS games that you've played? Out of the 133 teams in FBS, Michigan is number 111 and Georgia is number 100. So like they are amongst the worst power five teams in that metric. Ohio State's number 15. So that is a fairly significant difference. And even though I would agree with you that Georgia and Michigan have both looked better when you put it on paper, like it's just really hard to justify putting them a, a, above Ohio state. When you look at just those two very basic metrics, the committee obviously looks at many other metrics.
1: And like, you know, as you're, as you're saying that also like the Florida game is a neutral site. So you don't even really get the perk of yeah. winning it. Like it, it's a road game technically. And it's yeah. Like it's a Florida heavy crowd, but they're close yeah, enough. That it's, really it's like not a florida heavy crowd you know like it's the georgia bulldogs fans are going to travel to jacksonville like it's fine so i guess you don't even really get the bragging rights of it being like a true road game of like playing in the swamp so that takes the way georgia's georgia's one. like i don't I, could you even call it a marquee win like if florida's not ranked but no I do feel like but it's
0: a key win the first
1: time we it's a key win and we they don't even get all the perks of like OSU beating Wisconsin this past weekend like they had to play in Wisconsin I don't really you know Camp Randall's not a place that I want to play football
0: yeah and like um, ESPN listed Michigan's two key wins as Rutgers and Minnesota Ohio State's going to play Rutgers this week I think Rutgers is actually a a good team but it's an unranked Rutgers team is like your best win and then Georgia's was Florida like you said a neutral site game and Kentucky, two unranked teams, you throw in Ohio State, as we talked about, two top fifteen wins. So you've got Penn State at eleven, Notre Dame at twenty or at fifteen. So like it's just it it even if like the eye test doesn't say that Ohio State's the best team, like there really didn't have much of an option to go with anybody else just based off of the criteria that the college football playoff committee says it is going to use because basically, they have this whole thing where they say, um, what they list and it's, it's. A lot of it at this point in the season is not applicable because what they say is uh, this is on the college football playoff committee's uh, actual website. It says the selection committee ranks the teams based on the members evaluation of the team's performance on the field using conference championships. won. obviously, that doesn't apply at this point. Strength of schedule, head to head results, which will apply in the coming weeks. But none of the teams that are currently undefeated and therefore really in contention have played each other yet, obviously, because they are undefeated. And comparison of results against common opponents to decide among teams that are com- that are comparable. So really, amongst those things, there you know, if you start factoring in like Washington and Oregon and 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 Georgia and Alabama or whatever, maybe there are some common opponents. But really, the only thing that they have to go on is strength of schedule. So when you look at strength of schedule you look at strength of record which is like a a spin off of that. You look at game control. According to ESPN's game control metric, Michigan is number 1, but Ohio State is number 2, and then you get down to Georgia who is number 9, and then you've got Washington at 3, Texas at 4. Um Florida State is at is at 8, so like they're in the top 10 as well. So it, I don't feel great about Ohio state being number one as an Ohio state alum and fan. But what I do like about it, Jamie is that that means that if Ohio state does what it should do against Rutgers, Michigan state and Minnesota, even if they lose to Michigan, God, please don't let them lose to Michigan for a third year in a row. But if they do, they probably still have a really good shot to make it just like they did last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just I don't see there being I think Georgia will will win out and part of that is cuz I don't think that they play anybody that is going to beat them
0: Are you including conference championship game?
1: No, I'm thinking regular season. Okay. Conference championship game could go either way. I think like the best shot against Georgia I don't I don't think I mean I think they've got two two really they got three good teams left um they play Missouri and Tennessee but I do not see them losing to Missouri or Mississippi I actually think Tennessee has the best shot and I think it's because it's a road game although maybe Ole Miss will surprise me because they are I think a, a sleeper team that we all kind of talked about at the beginning of the season but you know they won that first game like 74 to something and um I kind of, I kind of forget that they're there. Like they're like just <laughs> out of, just out of top of mind. Do you know what I'm saying? They're kind of the yeah, first yeah. team I feel like, should, if they were ranked one position higher, two positions higher, they would be right up there in, and certainly in terms of talent, they're up there with like the Washington's and the Oregon's and the Texases. But I think in my brain, because they fall below Alabama on that like sec roster i kind of just forget about them
0: i think that's very fair
1: they could kind of come out of nowhere and beat georgia and then i'll have to rethink everything about the season
0: yeah if, if that happens we will obviously discuss it but for now we're going to take a real quick break and then we're going to dive into what we normally have been doing on fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it what we think should be the top four teams in the country, what we think will be the final CFP uh, seedings before we get into bowl season. And then we'll talk real quick about the Heisman Trophy. So stay tuned. We will be back here on Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it. All right, welcome back. We just had a a nice 17, 18-minute discussion about the actual college football rankings. Now we're going to dive into what our own personal rankings are. Jamie, last week you had Washington at number four, Ohio State at number three, Michigan at number two, and Florida State at number one. I had Washington at number four, Georgia at number three, Florida State at number two, and Ohio State at number one. What are you going with? And let's just do all four here. What did you have now this week Heading into week 10.
1: I have Florida state at number one, Georgia. I have at number two, mostly because my argument for bumping them out was that they hadn't really played anyone. They looked pretty dominant. I can't really argue with it. I'm dropping Michigan down. They had a bye week I still think they're a better team than Ohio state, but I don't think they, I think Georgia's win over Florida is more substantial than any of the wins Michigan has and then I've got Ohio State in my number four slot um I did bump Washington out Michael Penix Jr. looked incredible uh but the team kind of looked shaky I don't know they didn't look like a top four team so um despite him really kind of turning it around uh After a rough week last week, I I, he's back on track, but I don't know that the team did a lot to convince me that they're a top four team.
0: And that's the same thing that I had, uh, same reason I had. So last week I said I had Ohio State, Florida State, Georgia, and Washington. My top three remained the same: Ohio State, Florida State, and Georgia. I did sub in Michigan for Washington because while Washington is still undefeated on the season, they have not looked great over the past month. Uh, at the end of September, they beat Arizona thirty-one to twenty-four. They beat Oregon 36 to 33. No shame in that, obviously. Uh, Oregon, as we're going to talk about here in a second, I think is a very good team. But then they barely beat Arizona State 15 to 7. And then they barely beat Stanford 42 to 33. So these are all one score games where they won. So full credit to them. Like I'm not taking away close wins. But if you're trying to stack them up against other unbeaten teams, like I'm a little suspect about that. They still have... I mean, they have three more weeks in a row against ranked teams, USC, Utah, and Oregon State, not teams that we think are flying you know, high right now because they've all kind of struggled at times, but um, I could see them losing to any of those even before they get to the Apple Cup to close off the season. So my top four, again, Ohio State, Florida State, Georgia, and Michigan. So let's now go into what we think the actual playoff seedings will be, Jamie. So we're in week 10. By the time we finish the conference championship week, what do you think will be the playoff committee's actual final four?
1: Uh, I think it's gonna go Georgia, Florida State, Ohio State, Oregon.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um I am going to go Georgia, Ohio state, Florida state and Oregon. So essentially we have the exact same. We just flipped who's going to be the home team in the semifinal between the number two and the number three. So that's interesting because I, I did not think you were going to go Oregon, but I like, even though Oregon lost a close game to Washington, I just kind of, it was on the road. I think Oregon is a better team. Um, and they've got a little bit of an a little bit of an easier road through the the rest of the regular season, playing Cal, USC, Arizona State, and Oregon State, but not significantly so. But I just think they're a better team, and I think that they're going to probably end up, even if they have to have a rematch against Washington in the Pac-12 Championship game. I think they're going to come out as the winner out west.
1: I think so too, and you know, Oregon and Texas are both sitting at seven and one. So I. I anticipate us getting a one-loss – I mean, we're going to get a one-loss team in the playoffs um, this season, and I just – I think that, like, Texas has a pretty tough weekend this weekend, but Oregon still has USC and Oregon State. They rolled right over Utah. Like, Oregon looked like they could have beat Utah on their feet. So, Washington has a tougher schedule the rest of the way. I can. I think there's a world in which Washington drops two of their next three, and then Oregon only lost to Washington by a, a field goal, and then hops right over them. I don't know. I. I think Oregon is one of those teams that kind of started slow and is really heating up when they need to be heating up, and they're going to finish the season pretty dominantly. And you could make a case. And I also I do think. We're not idiots. Like the selection committee is having conversations behind closed doors that we are not privy to. Yes, they have a rubric, but there are definitely in. If there are two teams that are evenly matched, they're absolutely having conversations about how to make the most money. And oh, see, I don't
0: think they are. I don't think they are.
1: I I think I, I my conspiracy theory is that Ohio State the year Ohio State won. The championship that very first year
0: twenty fourteen.
1: i would yeah my conspiracy theory is that the only reason we got that four slot is because our fans bring in the most money because there's most of us and thankfully we won and so no one can question it but i really think that was a money play
0: i don't think that those conversations enter the discussion i i really you don't, don't. Think like I-
1: money is part of the conversations for the ncaa
0: well, first off, the College Football Committee is not the NCAA. These are two completely separate organizations, right, but they're,
1: yeah, but but you they're
0: ADs they want- and coaches and all that stuff. I, I just don't I don't see what the benefit for these people is there other than they are in the general college football um, universe. I, I think that there is so much bullshit that happens in this decision-making process that like, I think you could probably make it a reason for all of that. And I think that there are certainly biases that come into play. I just don't think that they worry about TV ratings because the money has already been spent. They've already, they've already cashed the checks that the, that ESPN, cause they're the only ones currently who has college football playoff games, although that will probably change starting next year with the expansion. Like ESPN's already paid the paid the money, so like I don't think that they are saying like, "Ooh, what are we going to do the best? Uh, what's going to give us the best ratings so that in two, three, four years down the road, we have a chance to make more money?" I, I don't think that that's part of that the calculus. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm naive, which wouldn't be the first time. But uh, I just don't think that's part of the decision making process. I could be wrong, but who knows? One thing that is interesting, Jamie. Neither of us have. Michigan in our final four for me I am doing that because I think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan I I feel like some of the things that you've said you've said you think Michigan is a better team I'm interested if you think that this is because Ohio State is going to beat Michigan or if you are factoring in some of the off-field stuff because I don't know if you've seen this but um they the, the University of Michigan the president the AD and the board of regents are currently working to finalize an extension to Jim Harbaugh's contract which would make him the highest paid coach in the Big 10 and according to John Bacon who is a best uh, New York Times bestselling uh Uh, author and has covered Michigan, written books about Michigan, he said a member of this negotiations has said, quote, while UM officials remain concerned about the investigation long term, they believe Harbaugh's overwhelming success at his main missions of winning games and graduating student athletes has earned him the right to be the highest paid coach in the conference. So to me, that means that Michigan is not going to do anything. This year about this investigation, although I guess they still could. And we know the NCAA works too slowly to do anything about this. So to me, this kind of eliminates the the likelihood. Um, it doesn't erase the complete possibility because anything is possible, but it makes it less likely that they are going to have some sort of bull ban this season. Does that change how you look at Michigan and Ohio State in your final four?
1: Well, I so I did some reading. Um and they were the selection committee, obviously, like for right now, there is no bull band. So they have to right. assume Michigan, they have to treat Michigan as they should. Um until a decision has been made. They have to treat Michigan as they would any other team and base this solely on strength of schedule, etc. Um, I felt I I don't know. I think that Michigan is a better team. Like I really do. Um, I, I just kind of like this OSU team kind of feels like a fluke that maybe is going to take it all the way, despite being a fluke. It's a gut. I don't know. It was like a weird, I had just a weird gut instinct. I, I, there was something watching the Wisconsin game where I was like, I don't actually think this team is as good as we think they are, but like they, they might still beat Michigan. I don't think we are going to see a bull ban this year. Um, I, I just don't, but last week I was feeling really confident that we would. And I was like, I just think Michigan's going to win. Um, but I, I think exactly what you said, like, I mean, Michigan's not going to remove themselves from contention unless somebody tells them that they have to, um, or unless it behooves them in some way, meaning like if we do this now, then we'll get a lesser penalty down the road. But I think in a year where they probably feel like they actually have a good shot at winning the title, I don't think they're going to remove themselves from contention because like we said, this season really is anyone's game. Um, I just kind of had this weird like premonition moment during the Wisconsin game where I was like, "Mm, I think maybe this team is going to beat Michigan. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to feel like the Penn State win, but I think maybe they're going to do it.
0: I think they're gonna do it. I, I think this Ohio State team they're they're constructed very differently, but I feel like they have a lot of the vibe of the two thousand two team who just found ways to win. It wasn't always pretty. And obviously Ohio State's defense this year is tremendous. It's very good. Um offense still figuring things out, but I think I would much rather have a team that had a stellar defense and a shaky offense than a stellar offense and a shaky defense, because as Ohio state fans, we've seen how that has worked over the last couple seasons and it has not been good. So
1: I think this is going to be a battle of the defense between OSU and Michigan. And I trust our defense to shut down JJ McCarthy more than I trust their defense to shut down Marv.
0: That is a perfect transition to what we're going to talk about next to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about the guys that we think should be in the conversation for the Heisman trophy. And I have decided as we are getting closer to this, I am paring down the number of people I am going to put on the list. How we do this normally is we just put everybody that we think should be in contention for the award. There's no set how many they can, um, uh, They can invite to New York to be a finalist, but I am going to say I'm going to limit it to four because they've basically said now that like there's going to be at least four, but they could be five, I suppose. But I'm just going to go with four. And so I have four names that I'm going to put on the list. Jamie, obviously, we will probably overlap with some of these, but I'd be interested to see if ours are the exact same or not. So let's kind of go back and forth and do our top picks. My top pick is the guy you just mentioned who I picked at the beginning of the season because I am nothing if not a homer, Marvin Harrison Jr., in a season where the best quarterbacks are also pretty sloppy and have either lost games or have looked bad in wins, Marvin Harrison Jr., who did start a little bit slow at the beginning of the season, has come on and uh, set a, is starting to set all these incredible records for Ohio State consecutive games with other uh, over 100 yards, all of these things. I think he's the best player in the country. And uh, I know this is a quarterback award, but I'm going with the best wide receiver and the best player in college football. Who do you have next on your list, Jamie?
1: Um, I, you know, I've got Michael Penix Jr. back in there. Not that he's yeah. really out of contention, but he had a, a rough week last week. And then this past Saturday, you know, Washington – didn't look like I bumped them out of what I said would were like the top four in my heart. Cause they didn't look like a top four team. Um, but he showed us why he had been kind of the favorite all season. He threw for 369 yards and four touchdowns. Um, they held off Stanford who was on a real comeback uh, race there on the road. Um, and I just, he, he's thrown at least four touchdown passes in five games this season. Like that's crazy stat. I just, the numbers that he's putting up, even with a sloppy game, I don't think you can count him out, especially in a season where kind of everybody else has had a sloppy game too. So then you have to go to like, what did all the other games look like if we throw one game out and he's still high on my list.
0: Yeah. My next guy is probably my biggest dark horse, and I've talked about him for the last few weeks, but it is LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. While they have a couple losses, I still think that they could potentially even win the SEC, but especially the SEC West. The thing with Jaden Daniels is he is currently number three in the country in yards per game, but he's number one in quarterback rating, in touchdown passes, in yards per attempt. And uh, he is and it. Obviously it factors in like Caleb Williams has nine uh, games, but he's number four in total yards and he is uh number six in completion percentage. So he's leading all these things. He's in the top three, top five, top six, in basically every major quarterback category. And I think if they have the close to the season that I think they could, uh, I think that he will at least warrant an invite just because of the sheer numbers and rankings that he's going to put up. So I will throw Jaden Daniels into the mix.
1: I think that, you know, they had a bye this week, but they've got Alabama on Saturday, so he can have a lights out game against Bama. Like that makes as strong a case as anything for his inclusion on a list. And you can't knock someone off the list for a bye week. So uh, I think in what we know so far and what he's got coming up, like we'll have a pretty good idea by our next episode how his chances are faring because everything you just said is is exactly right and he's got a a big he's able to prove that in a really big way this weekend
0: yeah heisman moments are a big deal beating alabama would be a heisman moment for him so who else do you have on your list jamie
1: i have jordan travis the florida state quarterback um okay you know they got off to a, a slow start um but they had 24 unanswered points in their win over Wake Forest in the second quarter. It was a 41-16 win. Um, he threw for 359 yards, three touchdowns, and added a rushing score as well. Um, I just, I think he's looked as solid as the other quarterbacks who have all kind of had a shaky week here or there, and um, ultimately, like, it's it's going to be a lot of getting into the the fine print details and deciding which ones mean the most when they ultimately decide who to invite, because there are things that there are reasons to cancel or invite a lot of different people. And it's going to really come down to, but I think he has to be in the conversation with the numbers he's putting up and giving more success as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, to me, I will stick in that similar vein. I am going to include, bo nicks who against i mean what had looked like an incredibly stout utah defense he was 24 of 31 for 248 yards and two touchdowns not spectacular numbers but against that defense pretty impressive he also leads the country in completion percentage he is uh number 11 in in yards per game he is um Uh, number four in quarterback ranking he's number five in touchdowns thrown so like I think if like I said earlier Oregon is the best team in the Pac-12 and he continues to move forward and show that I think that it's only logical that Bo Nix will continue to look good so I'm gonna have Bo Nix he is my fourth and final pick for the Heisman this week do you have anybody else
1: no, I bumped Dylan Gabriel um, I did off too. Of yeah. my list. You know he had a, a pretty meh week against UCF, his his former alma mater, and then he had a very meh week against Kansas. Um, he only threw fourteen completions, went for one hundred seventy one yards, and interception in a loss against an unranked team. Like ultimately, in that in my mind, yes, a lot of these quarterbacks have had a sloppy game, but that that disqualifies him. So he's off my list and. Um, I had J.J. McCarthy on my list last week. Like, really, it can't bump him after a bye week, but like I said earlier in the episode, I, I think that ultimately, like, even if Ohio State – even if Ohio State loses, I don't think he's going to have the game he needs to have to have, like, a Heisman moment against the yeah. Ohio State teams. And so he he – I'm just – I know he's technically, like, the favorite – Right now, in terms of like Vegas yeah. odds, but I just don't see that remaining the case. So he's off my list too.
0: Yeah. And I don't feel like we actually bumped him off the list. After a buy, what we actually did was just shrunk the list. I think he would still probably be number six if we hadn't like kind of pared things down. I think he would be the next guy up. So it's not that he got bumped off the list; the list just changed. Like the 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 parameters of the list changed. So I think that's fine. Michael Penix Jr., Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Marvin Harrison Jr. Those five guys to me are clearly at the top of the Heisman Trophy discussion, and I am very happy. Uh, to say that Marvin Harrison Jr. should win, even though he's not a quarterback.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Also, just yes, we're both being homers a little bit, but also, it's nice to see a not quarterback win. Like, it's great. I, we all know how I felt last season about Blake Corum. He should have been there. We don't. We need at least one non-quarterback representative. I'm thrilled that the one that I get to root for this year is from my alma mater. But I feel that way even when you can't make a case for a position player at Ohio State.
0: All right, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Fame and Fortune and everything that goes with it. As we said, depending on how and when they make these announcements throughout the next month of the college football season, we will either come to you right after on Tuesday or sometime on Wednesday. But things are changing. We're getting into the home stretch here, Jamie. You and I both live in very warm climates, but I know there is a bit of a cold spell going on through the rest of the country, and that obviously makes people even more excited about football. And we cannot wait for this last month of the college football season. If you are not following us already, you can subscribe to the Fans First College football feed anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to your shows every day. You can also follow us on social media at Fans First SN. You can follow me at Matt. You can follow Jamie at Jamie Jurich, J-A-M-I-J-U-R-I-C-H. All right, everybody, have a happy Halloween if you were listening to this as soon as I release it. Um, If not, have a great week and we will talk to you next week.